0: Let's not get into Best Actress Awards.
1: This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt.
3: This is Adrian. I'm the host of the Coleman Associates podcast, the podcast that brings innovations in healthcare to your podcasting app. And today I have a very exciting and special episode. We have a full house in our virtual studio today because I have with me Harpreet Sangera, Amanda Laramie, and Gabriel Del Muro. And today we're going to be talking about our ideas for the future of healthcare and what a great clinic would look like, especially in the future. So um, if we can just start off, I just want to hear from you all who you are in case any of our listeners haven't met you. So if you just want to do a short intro.
2: My name is Harpreet Singhara. I'm one of the coaches and trainers for Coleman Associates. I also star in all the room videos. So if you haven't checked out our online learning platform, it's uh, training. I would highly recommend you go check them out. And I work with this team. I enjoy working with this team and I've been with this team for a while now. I think like seven years.
0: Six? Seven years, like full-time, but you were doing work right. with us oh, yeah. for like 10 years. For, like, part-time, yep, totally. So that's me. Um, well, I, can I just follow up on her, Gabe, because I'm also the co-star of the room training videos <laughs> as the front desk receptionist in the room videos. But um, anyway, let's not get into Best Actress Awards on this platform. But uh, my name is Amanda Laramie. <laughs> I've been working with Coleman Associates for 10 years as a coach and trainer. I became the COO recently. Yeah, I'm excited to be here with this team today.
1: Uh, my name is Gabriel Del I did not star in the room trainings, but <laughs> my name is on, on that platform. I was a patient. So if you see my name, you probably recognize me from there. But I'm also a trainer and coach um, along with Herpred and the rest of the folks here. Super excited to be here and really just to to talk about you know the innovations of healthcare and what we've seen and you know how we see it in the future. So I'm excited to, to be in, in this podcast.
0: Well, and I just have to say that prior to professionally recording our Vroom videos, Gabe was in the mm. first one we did with a script because you were working at your health center at the time yes. and you played, did you play an MA in that video?
1: I think so. I remember wearing the I red think, hoodie yeah. and like, yep, I remember You that.
0: played Harpreet's role so yeah. I don't know it kind of set the stage. No, you you know, could no, really say that game
1: use. I gave the sure. blueprint to Harpreet and she's just excelled <laughs> on it.
2: <laughs> oh or I just have to show the world how it's really done.
1: <laughs> or that.
2: So, oh. <laughs> oh God.
3: So every time that we have a new team, we always tell them and it even says this in our like first team work session cue card to like get in a space that helps you to think well, so if you like, guys, just want to like shake it out for a second. And then what I want to mm-hmm. hear from you is what is your space or activity or whatever that makes you think your best?
2: Mine is walking. My mm-hmm. pup, mm-hmm. Walking. Opie. Mm-hmm. Or even when I'm on a call, I walk the hallway up and down in the house when it's
1: mm-hmm. 100 plus degrees outside. For me, I would say it's I need to be in a quiet space like to build my own ideas and kind of think about. But I also like being in a group setting because I like building off of people's ideas. I'm good at, you know, building off of someone or if I hear it, it's like, oh yeah, let's take that to the next level by, you know. So I think that's my own, like take, you know, just having some quiet time by myself and then coming back and hearing people out.
0: I was going to say walk as well. Like I agree with Harpreet. The other one is at 3 a.m. when I'm awake and can't fall asleep. I hate it, but I do get good ideas there. I mean, to yeah. also have a one-year-old home. so she <laughs> home. Actually, she, when she did start sleeping through the night, I feel like my creativity waned. <laughs> when she started sleeping through the night, I'm like, oh, I f- didn't think about that. I didn't think about that because I stopped waking up. <laughs> so waking up yeah, mixed blessing, you know. It's <laughs> fair. I think for me,
3: my top, I'm going to go with my top three. Number one is around the pool, which we don't get to do very often, but I think of really good ideas when we're around mm-hmm. the pool. mm mm-hmm. Number two is on my couch with a a cup of green tea and then number three is walking. Yeah, nice. Walking helps. I should have said (laughs) number four is in the shower. I always come up with I almost said the shower too. I know I didn't (laughs) want to say that. I have to keep my my phone in the bathroom because I have like a little idea that a list that's just like random ideas. (laughs) What
0: about what about a whiteboard in the
3: bathroom? I think Doug's done with all my whiteboards. Okay. Okay.
0: okay.
3: <laughs> He's like, this is not decoration. Here's what I want to go next. So we're talking about kind of our ideal or best clinic. You're an LS1 team. What departments would your ideal clinic
2: have? So like you're asking about what departments do have? And I automatically skip what I would eliminate a lobby or a waiting room is definitely
1: an area I would eliminate right one thing that I would say is not labeling them or classifying them as the department like front desk I providers things like that front back Because you you start to embrace the silos a little bit mm-hmm. because you start oh well that's the front desk responsibilities compared to you know everyone's responsibility so you know when you when you think about that I think that you know it, if, if you start kind of mashing everyone together, bringing everyone together, just you're, you are the patient care team, regardless Mm -hmm. of, you know, what your role is, and not having a department, I think that also, you know, just boosts us morale, because we're all at the same level, regardless of, you know, your position or your title, you know, at that point. Because you're just in in the patient care team uh, model at that point.
0: And I think that I probably would have someone who's the front of the house, almost more of like a restaurant environment where it's a front of the house and then the back of the house, but they're all on the same team and and maybe they wouldn't have those department labels. I completely agree with Gabe, you know, because then I would further silo them. But I do like the idea of hiring someone. It would be a has awesome, awesome, innate customer service skills, who's like friendly and smiling and deals well with like complaints and all this stuff. And then, you know, maybe they would be at the front more, but yeah, maybe they'd also be cross-trained to bring a patient back and take a blood pressure and get them registered in an exam room. They wouldn't sit there all the time, but I do think that they would be the front of the house all the time. Like pick someone in that role who's really good at that. And you think about like
3: a hostess in a restaurant, they Mm -hmm. go and they seat you, they bring you your menu, they Mm -hmm. come and check on you if somebody hasn't come to check on you in a minute, all those, they know how to get drinks and stuff. What do you want an ideal clinic to look like?
1: One thing that I, and I could go first, things that I would say, and it's just coming from a community where my mom was a single mom, things like that, um, not speaking English herself and then using us as a translator. It's for the people that work there, right, to be understanding and really understand where you're coming from. Because I think that part of, of healthcare, and even now, um, some providers or just anywhere, really, sometimes don't, they don't understand from the patient perspective or where the patient's coming from. They want to get the patient from point A to point B, uh, but they don't know what the barriers are between that you know, point A and point B. So just having some, the the staff there, that's really understanding and connect to the patients. I think that's part of the ideal healthcare system, not just the clinic, but you know, the system as itself, just the understanding of what the patient mm-hmm. is going through to really identify, like, how can we help this patient just comparing to say, Hey, well, I need you to get here with your diabetes, but sometimes you can't afford the organic food or the, the nutritional mm-hmm. food compared to just a $5 or a dollar cheeseburger at McDonald's things mm-hmm. like that.
3: But I thought you were going to say daycare, which is one of the things on my list that I'd love to see.
1: Oh, oh that, that'd be another <laughs> that'd
2: be one.
3: Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if you see part of it, I mean, just working at, as a clinic manager, especially for MAs who are single moms and not just to target them, but you know, like this is just real things that I saw were when someone doesn't have someone else to kind of fall back on on their their work level kind of tanks and part of it's because you know when you have a child at home you just can't leave them um behind to take care of themselves right like you're the provider and you're also the caregiver for that a child so giving some sort of resources i also think that would be a huge help to the staff
2: the first thing that popped in my mind was disneyland because just think about it right yes they have great rides yes they have shows but what's the first thing people fall in love with or brings them back. It's the experience, it's how cast members treat you. And like, when I think about Um, healthcare, to get your patients to even come to their appointment, they need to feel comfortable, they need to, I mean, this comes back to what you were saying about understanding, it's the experience in itself is what draws someone in. And so when we eliminate things like front desk or amazing, really just like at Disney, everyone's a cast member, right? right? Everybody's a cast member. So how do you get to that level in a health center as
0: well? So it brings people back. It keeps your patients coming in. Just never having to hoop jump, never having the bureaucracy of you have to fill out a patient paperwork packet. You have to call and leave a message. You have to wait 78 hours to get a refill. It's like all these things that, Almost no other industry makes you do. I was just calling to make an, a reservation for bowling for my sister-in-law's birthday. And I was like calling a place who I couldn't get through. And so what did I do? I found another bowling alley and booked it there. And I was like, this is exactly what patients go through, which is that if they can't get an answer they want, they just go somewhere else. My ideal clinic would just be the experience we want whenever we're buying or using anything which is just zero hoop jumping. I know that's a vague overgeneralization and maybe that matches with Harpreet's Disney experience, but you see someone right when you walk in, like I went to Chase Bank yesterday and there's always a greeter. And even though I knew exactly where to go, and I didn't need any help. I was like, Oh, I'm going to deposit check. She's like, great. Like Raquel and Amy can help you with that right back there. And she gave the names of the people I was going to go talk with. And I don't know, just that kind of experience. Yeah, totally.
3: Well, I mean, and that makes me think you really want your, your ideal clinic to either have pro- preferably both is like a transportation option to get in help with childcare for both patients and staff and to have telehealth option, right. Is whatever is going to work best because the other thing is people don't want to take off work. Like I think it's 9% of people that haven't gotten the vaccine yet. It's because they're worried about the time off work because it's the time off work to go. But then also if you getting sick afterwards or having symptoms or whatever, then what are you going to do? What was you're- the stat? Was it nine or ninety? Nine.
0: Nine. Okay. Phew. few. I was like, <sighs> oh my God. People just need the
3: support to make that kind of stuff work.
0: I really love community health centers that have farms and, and food banks. If the health center was serving as a hub for that, slash a like, hey, if you want to learn how to grow your own basil, like, you know, we're doing that over here. That would be pretty cool.
2: It was here in Northern California somewhere that had a community garden they had just started. And it was like for any of their patients to come and grab, they kept up with the garden, and they could harvest the fruit and vegetables, which was I thought was wonderful.
1: You know, when you think about social determinants of health, one of the, the biggest barriers when you're telling this patient to take their insulin and eat healthy, but they are taking the insulin they're just not eating healthy. So it's like this two part type of like way to really get them from point A to point B. But some of the organizations we've worked with, and I mean, I'm thinking about like the organization I come from, we would have food trucks in the city go and have, you know, a food bank to distribute uh, goods and then ultimately got savvy with, you know, the SNAP benefits to provide to the patients. And, and I thought that was super awesome because coming in from the community, And some of your patients are super vulnerable and they need that extra help. But if they don't know where to start, it's hard for them to like rely on someone and say, Hey, where do I apply? And because, you know, back to your point, Amanda, it's, we'll give them a number and say, Hey, call here and they'll call, but they won't ever get an answer. So after a while, they just like throw their hands up and say, yeah, well, screw all that. You know, I'm just going to continue what I'm doing and I'll see you guys in the next six months. But then, you know, where does their health go?
3: You know, I go to this huge farmer's market um, in my city. Why not host a farmer's market at the clinic in the parking lot on like a Saturday or something?
2: Just about the understanding piece, because then I'm also thinking about language barriers. In an ideal clinic, every patient, regardless of the language they speak, would come in and absolutely understand what's happening with, with themselves and their health. To get to that level of understanding, to reach patients, is it a make sure you have an interpreter or is it when you're hiring You're thinking about what your needs are.
3: People are always having trouble hiring. Why not invest in community members to make them the roles that you need. Like it's probably Mm going to take a while to get somebody to be a nurse practitioner or something, but you could certainly send them Mm to MA school. You could send them to nursing school. It's an investment, but you can also get that back and decrease turnover costs over
1: time. The people that are going to advocate for your patients the most are the ones that come from their perspective, knowing and understanding your patients and helping them walk through the system, the healthcare system that sometimes is so cumbersome you know it and it's harder patients to get certain appointments but if you can help navigate them i mean someone that comes from the community because you you've experienced that you know your mom has experienced that someone from your family has experienced that really sets the tone on how you should be seeing your community it's not just a patient right it's someone's mother it's someone's father uh, grandmother so advocating for them, I do think that's a different tone. It sets you apart from the the rest of, you know, your your competition because you have staff that care. You know, we've always talked about we got into healthcare because we want to help our patients. But then when we're in healthcare, because it's so it's so siloed, you know, sometimes it's very frustrating. You forget that and you forget why you actually joined or went into healthcare. So, you know, I thought that resonated with me.
2: Yeah, no, Kate, but totally, as you were just saying that, I think about some friends I have in healthcare right now who are not enjoying it. And it is absolutely because they are walking around with this burden of the patient's care is up to me alone. And I mean, that it speaks to what you said about silos. And then also the like power of care teams and the impact that
0: has, that it's not on just one single person. That's one thing I keep thinking about with an ideal clinic is how would you staff it i mean literally how would you go and hire people and i feel like i would go around the community and identify people who are either i know or working in other jobs where you see them at work and be like you would be awesome at the front of the house or you would be amazing as a medical assistant do you have any interest in doing that could you come interview for the job like how many times have we gone in a rapid dpi where you know like oomph or like energy is lacking in the back and then you we go out for dinner and there's this amazing server and we're like, have you ever thought about working at your community health center? Cause you would be amazing with patients. Like that's what I would do for some of the roles, try to recruit from people you've experienced that are amazing, who are already in healthcare or go to people you've interacted with outside of healthcare and be like, you, you should be in our clinic.
1: It's when I was a health center manager, I knew my patients, you know, the families, and it's funny enough that you mentioned that because some of the, the positions that were open were being applied, but not like online, right? Because, you know, there's a process, you fill out your your application online, you send your resume, and then HR reviews it, sends it to, you know, the managers, whatever that case might look like, uh, you know, to each organization. But I remember having a mom ask me, she's like, hey, you're the manager, right? I was like, yeah, yeah how can I help you? And she, she's like, do you have any positions open? I was like, actually, funny enough, I'm gonna have a front desk position open. She's like, my daughter's looking for for um, you know, a job. We've been coming here for years. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know know you guys completely. So she brought me her resume. I mean, I hired her, and it's not because she was a patient, but you know, she fit the description. She fit the the community needs, and it was like, and she's she's been a great fit there. What are the the needs of your community, and who can meet them? And it's mostly the people from the community so just really being out there and being proactive and you know being diligent of who needs what and, and what needs to be done for your community I think that's super spot on and you know those are going to be your patient advocates
3: so i want you to imagine we're a dpi team we just had our first work session i think we came up with some great brainstorming things we have the entire clinic to ourselves this saturday and we get to run a rapid redesign test So for those that don't know what a rapid redesign test amongst our listeners is that it's similar to a PDSA is we're going to run a, basically a four hour session where we're going to see patients, however, the heck we want to, as long as we're not going to hurt anybody. The difference between a PDSA and an RRT or a rapid redesign test is really that we encourage folks to test multiple things at once instead of just one thing, because that's whenever you tend to get the best results is whenever you, you really redesign the whole process. What would be on your list
0: for our RRT on Saturday? I would want to test doing complete registration before the patient even walks in and them just calling to say we're here and someone coming out and being like, great, I'm going to escort you to the exam room and get you all set up. And then that person would do my vitals and talk to me. And just, if I need a signature, I have a digital signature pad right there and be like, I already reviewed the answers you put on this pre-registration form that you did online in our portal. And I just want to let you know, you, you call me if you have any questions after this and the whole thing soup to nuts when you walk in and then, you know, then the provider would come in.
2: So two things popped up. One was the pre-registration piece. The other piece having every time the provider enters the room, the first thing they say is, Hey, my MA tells me, this is what brings you in like being really intentional with that. And if I think about my own patient experience, I go to many doctors appointments with my parents and the amount of times we have to repeat ourselves and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, this is where the time goes. This is where the time suck is. And this is why I'm like, where else can we go?
0: You know what would be so cool? <laughs> no, sorry. Is tell patients you're doing that, that initiative of we, we strive to never have you repeat yourself unless yeah. it's, it's expanding uh. on it. Here's a bell. If you repeat yourself, you ring it or you're like, that. you know, I like make it. it an initiative. And if you hear bells ringing, that is not good. Can we yeah.
3: bring a bell to our next rapid DPI?
0: totally yes that would be cool
1: i think it's it's really understanding the patient right if you, if you want to do a re- rapid redesign test it's like who needs to be there just like a, the patient care team huddles, we're always so intentional of who needs to be part of these huddles and bring these patients to life so i would do the exact same thing but be super intentional of like hey do we have anyone that we can connect this patient if they're having some food insecurities okay, if there's needs to be some transportation issues, who do we connect them with? Mm-hmm. Um, and bringing those really intentional resources over-delivered to your patients. Ultimately, you wanted to make, just like the Disney experience that you use, pre. that's how your patients should always feel, uh, coming into your health center, knowing that they they can count on you to have their back, not only for transportation or food insecurities, but really, but for healthcare overall, and how do we improve on their you know uh, quality metrics?
2: And I think what I would want to test is, a different way of collecting true patient feedback at the end of the visit. I almost like I'm picturing as Gabe was just sharing, I'm picturing like a patient walking in and I go to the patient, Hey, we're trying something new. Just look around this waiting room, right? Let's just imagine at this time we saw the waiting room or even an exam. Room. What's the thing that bothers you about this? You know what I mean? They're going to know the best of like, I never make eye contact with my provider or I feel like they're not really hearing. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's the, the setup, whatever it is but having them weigh in on your rapid redesign test in that moment versus just like, Hey, can you leave us a comment on the way out?
3: I kind of want to see patients at like the local grocery store or at the dollar store, like wherever is the place where people get food, mm-hmm. and that we could have like a little bit of space because you really just need one room. If you don't have a waiting room, you're talking about one mm-hmm. provider, a small test, right? Most grocery stores have pharmacies in them. There's a potential we could do it there. I'd have to think <laughs> about how you schedule people. And maybe it's that it's a walk-in clinic in that sense. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the, then the other thoughts that I had is if you were seeing folks in the clinic or via telehealth is like, part of me would want to, my administration would come and find me probably, but I would want to like give them a Uber or Lyft pass or something and Mm -hmm. say like, one is, you know, we're, this is like a real concierge experience. You use this. um, We'll, we'll schedule the Uber for you to come here. Do you need to stop by the grocery store or anything afterwards? We'll send you the grocery store and then back to your house. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you can you can follow your provider's advice or something wild like that.
0: This is leave it to Adrian. This is like, you know, like if I'm drawing a box right now, which I know you guys can't see, like Adrian's just like, you know, like (laughs) pushing out that box no, 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 we're going out, which I I was thinking initially, I was about to ask you guys about mobile clinics and what your idea was on that. But I think Adrian just surpassed that of like, let's use existing infrastructure and just go to them and set up, like bring our caddy with our stuff and our blood pressure cuff and like the things we absolutely need in our computer that is VPN access and we can chart, but like, what, what do we really need? We need a private space. And
2: if you did it at a walk-in clinic and let's just say the demand is high and there's only one provider, you have tablets available so that you can start doing telehealth visits, right? You yes, can yes. show back at the health center who um, has a walk-in spot or whatever that is. And so that's how you kind of
3: decrease your missed opportunities and meet that demand. And if you had a mobile clinic like that, then you could do it at a bunch of different places. Cause like you could do it in the basement of a church on Sundays and yes. see as many patients as you possibly can. You could do it at grocery stores. You can do it at Concert venues. I don't know. What do people do? It's fun. I don't know. And
0: now I want to bring like a dentist or a hygienist or someone who's going to do like a quick look at your mouth too. Cause scheduling those two things separate means you you know, you know, as well as I do, like people push off going to the dentist. So if you already grab someone at the church basement, like why not have someone check out your teeth and be like, Mm-hmm. uh-oh, you know, or you're looking good, just keep rushing, or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would just add on to like bring immunizations, right? If you're going to see yeah. family with kids and all you need really is your your thermometer, right. your data logger, something to keep them cold, whether it be a small fridge or not, really just why not take vaccines with you if you're already going to see patients mobily. So
3: mm, love that. So I think that my ideal clinic then is a mobile clinic that has a dental chair and has a, an exam room. And then you have like some place to stop back and resupply that has like your main supply of vaccines, your main supply of meds, like all that kind of stuff. And then you just bring everybody with you and you see everybody. I still think you could schedule visit because we'd want to prep. Cause I totally agree with your prep. Amanda is like, you'd want to like go to a, like a homeless shelter or something like that, but let them know in advance. And, you know, we have this many slots. I don't even know if I tell them I have this many slots. Like, I think I just leave it totally open, but I want to know like who wants to be seen or something.
0: Would you also have a bricks and mortar site in addition to it? Or would you just go mobile and do telehealth?
3: I think eventually you'd have a bricks and mortar. I think mm-hmm. where I would start though, is you got to figure out where your patients actually are. Cause I think that informs where you build a Yeah. A brick and mortar site, or maybe it's that we have, instead of one main location, we have five small locations around. I I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a very half-baked thought, but you guys can build off of it.
2: No, I mean, it makes me think, I mean, Amanda and I were just in Northern California, way up North in a very rural part where there weren't a lot of specialty services. And so just like thinking about the mobile clinic, I remember sitting there and just I was talking to one patient, especially it was like, I have to drive or four, four and a half hours to go see my, my specialist. And just thinking about how you can get somebody up, like bring the specialist in, even if it was like, let's set them up with a room for a couple of nights and I'm see patients over like, maybe it's a week or something. I don't know, because Or even a
3: telehealth, if you had a certain number of telehealth visits in your mobile clinic that you could use for the dermatologist and the cardiologist and all that kind of stuff.
0: And uh, just adding on to that, this is like a totally another department, but I was just thinking like at first my, my train of thought was, oh, we need a bricks and mortar site to put like the call center. And then I was quickly like, no, we don't let's, let's advertise call center positions, which is historically like not a position most people want to get as you get to work from home and be remote and we'll give you the computer and the private space and like, set up remote call centers for people taking calls in their homes, just like many other call centers are doing. And it would be a more appealing job to get people from the community who'd be like, that would be awesome to work from home and answer right. calls for the health center.
1: Well, and just that you mentioned that Amanda, it just made me think when you call someone from like Apple, for example, right? Like they work from home, whoever you're speaking to in the support system or support group they're working from home to troubleshoot your phone, things like that. And you know I, that's a totally completely different industry. But the fact that they could work from home, it's very appealing, even for a call center, you just call centers are, are meant to just take calls, schedule appointments, help a patient, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be on a site, like they could work from home as long as they have the technology.
2: It's the call center piece. I also like just wrapped up working with a team out Um, on the East coast up in Rhode Island where they're testing the call center person in the pod. And then they, that Mm. gal that they tested, her job satisfaction went up Mm. She felt more connected to a team. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's like a balance. It seemed to really work for them. The testing hadn't really implemented a phase, but it was just, their next step. They were going,
0: I love that giving them the choice or like a hybrid option, which is kind of what I'm doing right now, where I'm like three days in and two days Uh remote. And then it's like, you are getting those touch points, but you get to be home and realize the benefits of that. I love that idea.
2: And One final thought is when you guys find this clinic, we've been, you know, dreaming up, let me know. I'm going to transfer my parents care over there and mine.
3: Oh my gosh, I had so much fun recording this. I'm ready to set up a hub of childcare, food pantries, farmers markets, and mobile healthcare to boot. Thank you so much to Harpreet, Amanda, and Gabe for joining me for this conversation. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to the Coleman Associates Innovation Podcast in your podcasting app. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. To keep up with all the Chispa happenings, follow us on LinkedIn. Special thanks to the rest of the Coleman team for helping me with the production of this podcast and shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his podcasting help. We'll see you next time.